Hello, everyone. It is Jet Tattersall back with you again, and welcome to the Women in Pop podcast. Before we get into the show, a quick reminder that Women in Pop magazine issue six is out now, and it will only be on the shelves for a few weeks more. So you need to hot foot it to your nearest retailer now. Look out for the amazing Lady Gaga on the cover, and inside we have a ten-page feature on Gaga's amazing career. Also in this issue, we celebrate the 30th anniversary of Madonna's Like a Prayer album by looking back at the making of and the impact of this iconic masterpiece. Plus, you have interviews with Grace Carter, Julia Jacklin, Olympia Maya, Banana Rama, and a whole lot more. It is on sale now. To find a retailer, go to womeninpop.com forward slash retailers or to buy online and have a copy delivered directly to your door. Go to womeninpop.com forward slash subscribe. Now, before I introduce today's guest, I do have to give all our listeners a warning. She is a bona fide icon of the Australian pop scene. So please prepare to have your mind blown. She won the X Factor in 2012. She has had number one singles, won ARIA awards, acted in some of our biggest TV shows, and is now about to launch a fabulous new song into the world. She sings, she writes, she dances, she acts. There is literally nothing this superstar cannot do. It is, of course, the wonderful Samantha Jade. Samantha, hello and welcome to Women in Pop. Hello. What an <laughs> intro. Thank you so much. <laughs> now, can you tell me? Bouncers out today. Very yes. exciting. Yeah. You must be pumped. How is life in the world of Samantha Jade? It's great now. I mean, <laughs> it's really nice to speak about the song. I don't know how those people that are on The Bachelor and maths and things like that do it because it's so hard to not speak about it for so long. So, yeah, it's it's great. I mean, releasing new music is daunting uh, and exciting, but it's just good to have it out there. And you're so right. I mean, The Bachelor in particular, how do people have yes. that? Yeah, I met the love of my life on a boat and I can't Yeah, exactly. And I can't talk about it. That must be so hard. I'm just releasing the best album of my life. And yeah, I can't, and I can't just... speak about it. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, it's absolutely amazing. I really love Thank it. And you. again, really eclectic. And I'll get onto that shortly. Yes. But first, I want to talk to you about your start in music. Some people may think your music first graced our ears and eyes in 2012 when you had Guy Sebastian in tears with your audition rendition of Break Even by the script for The X Factor, which you then went on to win. However, you had in fact been working, writing, recording with some of the biggest heavyweights. I mean, Diane Warren, Wycliffe Jean, Jojo, in the American pop music scene for years. Can you please talk us through your extraordinary music beginnings? Yeah, I, I, you know, when I was about 15, I had gone into a studio. One of my friends, family friends, had kind of known this girl who owned a studio and she was like, come in and, and, and write a song with me and, and sing in the studio. And I was like, a studio? Oh, my gosh, you know, back in the day. I was so excited. Walked in and we kind of like, you know, wrote this song. It was terrible. We were like clicking our fingers and singing this song and did one harmony that we knew and recorded this song. And this lady said to me, listen, I think that your voice is really beautiful over the mic. It's really got a great sound. And I was like, oh, okay, thanks. Anyway, she said, we should record some demos. My mum was like, I don't think so. She needs to be in school. And then I was like, but mum, please don't ruin my life. You know, all of that stuff. My mum said, look, we can, she can record after school, but she needs to go to her school. So I'd go to school. I'd come in there after, um, after I'd do my school day and I would record and, and learn how to write, you know, because obviously that's something that it takes time and to develop. And I would do that. And then basically... <laughs> Cut a very long story short. There was this thing called rumba 
and it was like a, a music, um, like a festival kind of thing. And there was a slot for an Australian person in each city. And I was like, I'm, I'm from Perth. And I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. I'm going to enter. So they filmed me doing this performance of all these demos. And it, I didn't get rumba. <laughs> I don't know who did, but it wasn't me. And then that, that demo found its way to, to L.A. Next thing we get a call and they were like, come on over to audition. And I went over there and then they flew my whole family out and I ended up living in LA and then doing the whole like record label thing, going to each label and, you know, singing in the room and hoping they'd want to sign me. And basically we did a year of that. And then at the very end, we were about to go home because it hadn't really worked. And I was like, you know, my mum was like, look, we need to get back. We need to put her back in, you know, to high school. We need to think, let's think real. And on that last week, I got a call from Jive Records and I went in and I sang in front of, you know, Barry Weiss, who was the CEO at the time. And he said, what they said was, who's your lawyer, which ultimately means let's do a deal. And so I got my deal. So for me, you know, I had been in the industry for 10 years before The X Factor, because that all happened when I was, yeah, about 15, 16. I won at 25. Amazing. And have you used that in your life now, who's your lawyer? I mean, what yeah. am I? <laughs> Isn't it? And I had no idea what it meant. I was like, who's your lawyer? I don't think we have one. My mum was like, oh, that means they want to sign you. And I was like, oh, my gosh. So sweet. <laughs> no so idea. Who's your so lawyer? Fair. Should we get a lawyer? Should we get one? <laughs> yeah. It's like I'm in the movies. <laughs> yeah, it felt like that. I mean, every experience, it, it felt like that. I was from Perth, like very normal, humble life in Perth and then – when I got signed, it was the days of massive budgets, you know, big budgets. Nothing was too much. Nothing was unachievable. And like those names you mentioned, I mean, that was just the norm. I went in with Diane Warren and Wyclef and, you know, Dark Child, Rodney Jerkins and Timberland and, you know, David Guetta and like just all these people that were larger than life. But that was my life. So it's weird. It's it's a crazy thought. And then, you know, when that was all kind of over coming home, I was like, what's my life? Like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do with myself now? Because I felt like I had gone like this. And then I think the higher the high, the lower the low. So it was it was tough to pick myself back up again. Absolutely. And I mean, what a high from, you yeah. know, missing out on rumba. <laughs> ha ha, rumba. Yeah. You, should have, you should have called me. <laughs> Joke's on you. I'd actually like to see Diane Warren take a, take a piece out of rumba yeah, for you. Yeah, <laughs> totally. That would be great. The formidable Miss Warren. Yes, yes. Can we now talk about your new single, Bounce, which is just so good. Oh, thank you. It's a joy. Like it's a real joy of a song. It's a sing in the car. It's a run down the street. It makes you feel good for it to be on. And personally, I don't think enough songs like that are getting made at the moment. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. Bringing the joy back in. (laughs) Can you tell me the inspiration? behind this one? You know, this song is exactly what you've said. I'm so glad you've said that. It means a lot because I wanted to write a song like that that makes you feel happy that you put on when you're doing your makeup or you're in the car or, you know, you're, you're getting ready and, and that makes you feel good. And I think you're right. A lot of songs kind of are either, you know, th- those songs that are emotional and you put on for a cry or, or you know, overtly sexual or, you know, there's a lot of different um, things out there right now and I think that's lacking too just that happiness and that's what this song's about some 
someone putting a bounce in your step, someone making you want to be a better person, someone making you want to love harder, do better. And I think that when you find that person, um, as opposed to, I guess, a infatuation, love is very different. And I think I wanted to write about that. That's beautiful. And you're so right. Love yeah. is support, whereas yes. the infatuation, it's got that constant feeling, which is, I'm sure, what a lot of songs are about. Absolutely. That constant feeling of like, oh, yeah. but I don't know. I don't, yeah. Like misreading the lines. Yeah. I really like. I don't know. Yeah. So this one comes. It is. It's love and yeah. joy. And yeah. for all those unfortunate people who haven't listened to it yet, as it's just out today, <laughs> yes. here is Bounce. It's so Now, Samantha, with regards to your music, I mean, there is four full albums under your belt, and that's excluding the singles such as Step Up and Turn Around, but they are all so different. I actually think that one of your greatest talents is the embracing of the experimental side in your music. Um, A personal favourite with women in top pop is your 2017 Circles on the Water. Um, It's so glad. I love that song. It's so beautiful, and it's very left of field. Yeah. Um, and now with Bounce, you've got this unique love joy. I mean, yeah. while staying still so accessible, as mm. we've just mentioned, it's not something everyone's doing now. Can I just ask you, is it important for you to continually push yourself, push that envelope with your music? Definitely. That's so important to me and, and always has been because I've been around for so long within the industry. So I've been writing songs forever. So for me, I, it's I have to keep experimenting and I, I have to keep, you know, finding excitement in the music world. And I think that's why I do try different things and I like to try different things with my voice and I like to sing in different ways and, uh, you know, I, I love, you know, like cutting my hair and changing that up and I, I think it's – that's what we are. We're creative beings. So, you know, we get bored quickly and we like to move on to something else. And I, I love that. I think it's it's an absolute kind of honour that we get to do that. I mean, not many people get to do that in their lives. So I feel I feel grateful for that. No, well, it's clearly evident. And I mean, it's a brave choice. And I'm I'm a, you've been in the industry for a long time, you've mentioned, but I'm sure there must be a temptation particularly when you're starting out or even now in your career to kind of go, oh, I better just do this because this is what's expected of me, particularly as a woman. Absolutely. In a lot of uh, times in my career, I felt that. Uh, And I think that that's why this time I was really vocal about having the time to write a record. A lot of the time, especially from the show, like it's been go, 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 go. And, you know, a lot of the time you're chasing radio and you're chasing what sounds out and you're going, okay, you know, whoever it may be, Dua Lipa's huge, let's do a song like that. You know, whatever it is. This time I was like, I want to go to LA because I want to rewrite that experience for myself, the LA experience, and not land with anxiety every time the plane lands. And I want to you know, kind of put a new stamp on LA for myself. And I want to take time and write without any deliverables. I want to just be like, 
if it takes five months, it takes five months. If it takes one, great. If it takes a year, great. And that's, I, I'm really lucky that I've had the chance to do that this time. That's great. And I mean, you've done it professionally. So many of us struggle with going back to that feeling where we felt so vulnerable, like yeah. you said you did when you left LA. Yeah. So the fact that you turned it around and said, not only am I going back, yeah. I'm going to go back and I'm going to write an album. <laughs> yeah. Like you should do TED Talks. If, you, if you've got any spare time, <laughs> yeah. do some TED Talks. Yeah, true. God, it was hard. It was hard, but I did it. <laughs> well done. Oh, Can I just you. play Circles on the Water now? Yeah. Just because it's the favourite. Of course. Did you always want to be a musician? I mean, you're an amazing songwriter as well, but was there this light bulb moment when you decided, okay, mum, I know you want me to go to school and everything, but this is what yeah. I want to do? Oh, I did. I've always loved to sing and I always would make my own little songs up from when I was little and come up with little melodies and, and I would, you know, my poor brothers, when they were old enough to speak, I was teaching them songs and trying to teach them harmonies so that I could have my own little band at home. And, you know, I, I music's always been been a outlet for me and a, and a love like there is a feeling and I always go back to this song it's, it's called Unchained Melody by the Righteous Brothers and it's an old song that song the way that song makes me feel I can't get that feeling from anything else in my life there, there's something about that song the way the strings come in and the way the voices lift and uh, there's something that that song made me love music and I remember my dad would put it on and my mum and dad would dance in the lounge room so it's got a really beautiful you know nostalgic memory attached to it but when I would listen to that song for when I was little it would do something to me it would make me want to cry and I was like, that's incredible that music has that power. And so I've always felt connected to it in that way. That's so true. And there mm. are those songs. I mean, I don't know if you, I was about to yeah. ask you what your creative process is, but yeah. I know personally myself, yeah. sometimes, you know, when you need to cry and you're so yes. stressed out and you go, oh, I'll just I'll put on Mazzy Star. And you go, in five minutes. <laughs> yeah. And you're there. Yeah. Like you don't have to get there. You're there. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. you have one, like you have a couple of songs yeah. and you know that playlist. Yeah will emote you. And so for you, you've got Unchained Melody. Yeah. Do you, what songs do you think of your own? Have you tapped into that same Righteous Brothers? <laughs> Moment. Um, I mean, it's hard to say because for me, there's so there's so many personable moments for, for me with songs. But I think on this next record, um, I don't know if I can say it. I can't probably give it away yet. But um, this song that I've written is the most honest song I've ever, ever written and it's about my experience in the industry and I've finally tackled it. It's a song that's probably been, you know, being written for uh, ten, over 10 years but I finally have gone, this is the honest truth. It doesn't resolve. It doesn't go, oh, it's going to be okay again. It's a ballad and it's about being in that moment of not believing in you. And I think when I wrote that song, I was like, everyone's going to be able to be like, I've been there. So it felt really nice to kind of get it off my 
chest. Amazing. And of course, like you said, you went back to LA to do it. Yes, so yes. Very exciting. <laughs> now, when you were a child in Perth, I'm going to yeah. keep saying that, um, <laughs> who was it that you looked up to musically? I mean, who was your hairbrush, mirror, rock pop hero? Oh, gosh, I had a few. I had a few. I mean, 100% Mariah and Whitney. Especially when they did that song together, I was like, what is life? This is the best moment ever. They, when they came together, it was like, oh, best thing. Um, I mean, those two vocally. I mean, listening to Mariah and Whitney over and over and over again, just trying to match the riffs. That's what I would do all the time. And then, you know, when when I got a little bit older, I guess like Christina Aguilera, Britney, those kind of, you know, learning how to write a great solid pop song. I think Max Martin being the writers of a lot of those songs was was the formula like that was it um and then I think you know I was always a fan of pop but Shania Twain was also someone I always really loved like she's such a great singer and she really kind of nailed that country pop thing so I would just always listen to to singers that were great singers great vocalists someone that could you could take the track away and the vocal was still amazing and then I would harmonize to it so I could learn to do harmonies never sing the lead Amazing. And yeah. yeah, some serious heavyweights on your list there. So, yeah. you know. Some idols, yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Now, it's no secret that you are such a great songwriter, which I love. And that doesn't, even if I feel artists do write songs, they don't often get a chance. And I feel like with yeah. your career, you just from the get go have been strong enough to go, no, but I want to write. It's not just this. I want to sing the words I feel. Yeah. What is your creative process when it comes to songwriting? Uh, it always varies. I, I find that if there's something that needs to be said, I'm, you know, for myself, it just will come out. It, it just, you know, like this song that, that I can't mention um, is one of those songs it wrote itself. I, I was writing. I felt like something was coming through me and writing these words on this on this page. And I think that a lot of the time it comes from my own emotions, but I'm also super inspired by things and, and always looking for creativity. And I have in my phone like this notes section with really random like titles and concepts and and lyrics and I have so many voice voice notes of these melodies and counter melodies and harmonies and background ideas so I'm just constantly thinking of writing all the time and I, I write I mean I write all the time I'm not always in the studio writing but in my phone there's there's heaps of little garage band <laughs> memos um, you know just of ideas and melodies and lyrics and melodies and, and lyrics yeah and this time round it would it was really cool with DNA, who I absolutely adore, who are some of our best songwriters, I think, in Australia and producers. I um, we, we actually really wanted to write without any um, track, you know, because a lot of the time if you've got a track that's playing, you're kind of in, you're put in a box straight away because you, you can't have freedom because you have to write to those chords to that bpm that there's a lot of restrictions and so we wrote everything on guitar and piano and then they added the track afterwards which was i think so freeing and so cool because we could go anywhere with the chords we could go anywhere with the melodies you know it, it didn't have to be verse chorus verse like it was just really freeing and really cool 
oh, I can't wait to hear the album. Yeah. And I just know it's going to be so different because <laughs> oh, that's what so you glad. do. Yeah. <laughs> um, can we talk again about your time on The X Factor? Yeah. Now, you obviously catapulted into the nation's hearts in only the fourth season of the show. So yeah. it was still very, oh. Yes. I mean, we said that was an absolute trip. But having had been working in the industry years prior to your audition, as you mentioned, coming home from L.A., you were feeling flat. Mm. So... Was this X Factor moment for you, your kind of go big or go home? Or were you always determined, like, whatever happens, I'll just keep doing what I'm doing? No, I really wasn't. It was my last shot, truly, because I had been so broken from L.A. And I was just actually saying this um, to someone before. One of the last moments in L.A. for me that was kind of the deciding factor was I was in this meeting and this guy, you know, it was going really well. And I was like, oh, this is going great. And he was like, I love the songs. I love your voice. You're great. And I was like, oh, fantastic. And I, it would, it would, it was so hard for me to even go to this meeting. Like I had to really build myself back up. And then he said at the end of it, I love your voice, but you don't have a star tone. You just don't have a memorable tone. Your, your tone is not star-like to me. And I just, I was broken. I mean, I was already broken, so I was shattered. <laughs> oh. I was like, okay, what do you say to that? Like, it's just so personable. And um, and it really cut me, it cut me deep. And I remember I called my dad. We left and I was trying to keep a brave face and we left and I'm in the parking lot, like crying my eyes out. And I literally am on my sidekick at the time and Googling like, flights to Perth because I was like I need to go home and my dad said don't give that person as much power as you're giving them you're giving them so much power it's one opinion and I was like yeah I know I need to come home I need to get away from it and then obviously yeah I I did the show but it was my my thing with the show was I've been in the industry for years and I've been in people's you know um, on people's radar that are industry people Mm -hmm. not people not the people that are going to buy my records not the people that are going to come to my shows and support me and let me allow me to do what I do and I thought that was important and I did my research and I saw a guy who is is someone who I look up to and Kylie and you know uh, Tina Rena and and people that are unbelievable in this industry and they've all come from TV backgrounds all of them And I thought that must be a thing in Australia. Of course it is because Australians are real. They want to be there from the ground up. They want to be, you know, in the lounge room with you when the show's on every Tuesday, voting for you, you know, because we're all about the Aussie battler. And I thought I've never done that. And so I thought I would give the show a go. And if it didn't work out for me, I wouldn't have done music anymore. That was it. Amazing. And I'm actually, you just... um answered my question yeah (laughs) it's going to make it sound really (laughs) clever but you just said it because I think before these shows we used to meet our pop stars prime ready delivered groomed polished perfect right and we all now know that the true heart of talent shows is the tear-jerking audition moments Mm -hmm. the backstories the glimpses into these raw individuals lives it makes us as you said as a viewer feel partly responsible that's right for their success yeah with that in mind Do you think that talent TV shows, particularly musically, are still viable for sourcing actual talent or do you think we're voting for individual? And do you think you can decipher between the two as, you know, as their career goes on after the show? I think in my experience, I think that talent 
always prevails. I think there there are dips in the shows. There's editing. Look, there's always that stuff. There's always putting people on at certain times. Like there's of course variables in that way. But I think at the end of the day, it's you and a microphone. You know, and and I think for me the turning point because I can only speak from my own experience of being on the show is when I did Heartless. That was a huge moment for me because I was singing from the heart and I was singing about the industry. That's what I wasn't a person for me. It was my journey. And I think people, the public are a lot smarter than we give them credit for. They know authenticity and they respect it. And I think that's why the show turned around at that moment because they were feeling like they were with me on the, on that ride, you know. So I, I think that it's about talent. I, I do. I think that those shows are great. I think that you can't walk in and be someone who can't sing and get through ultimately you can get to a point but really but you can't get all the, the talent's going to be think. the thing that wins I think so no I totally agree with you yeah. and we I, even on a subconscious level I think you know people aren't picking oh people are picking up on the talent absolutely so. now can I ask you in your 16 years in the industry <laughs> um what has changed, particularly what I want to talk about is the way female artists are treated and perceived. Have you noticed a turn? I mean, I guess so. I I feel like I, I was very lucky in that regard of um, any of the uh, kind of Me Too movements. I had my mum everywhere with me. And I do remember a vocal coach saying, oh, I want to take Sammy to meet Pharrell. I'm with him. I'm working with him in the studio. And my mum said, great, that would be fantastic. When would you like us to come? And he was like, oh, no, 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 I just can, I just am going to bring Sammy. And she said, she's 17. There's no way you're taking her with you to a studio. But a lot of mums would be like, oh, okay, great. But she was like, no, 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 no. And I think, I think I'm so lucky that nothing happened because she was always around. But I think women are being, I mean, I think it's very, they're, they're very respected in the way of, you know, the star kind of, you know, like Lady Gaga, what she's just done, for example, playing that role in A Star Is Born. I mean, she she was unbelievable in that role. And so many people wanted to hate on her. So many people. I mean, just in my circle, the amount of people that were like, no, oh, she won't be that good though, she's Lady Gaga. And I was like, yeah, we've got to give her a shot. It's such a tall poppy thing to do, right? I was just about to say that. Yeah. <laughs> and then we watched it and I'm like, how can you how can you say anything bad about that performance? But she was the star of that. She really, really was. But, um, yeah, I, I think there's been a change in the way of, look, when I was coming up, I remember sitting in, in the, in the uh, boardroom and they were showing pictures of me, right, and I was never overtly sexy ever. I was also like 17, but I, I wasn't. It's just not who I am. And um, I believe in, you know, sensual and, and, and being sexy in a, in a tongue-in-cheek way. I don't think it needs to be like, here is all of me. I don't, I don't like that for myself. And I remember they were showing photos going, she needs to be more sexy. She needs to take more clothes off. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, like, she needs to, you know, take the shirt, just have the bra. And it wasn't until I was 30 that I did a Bras and Things campaign because it took me that long to go, I want to be taken seriously. I don't want to just be in my underwear. But that's a side of me. That's a side of me that I'm proud of too. I'm proud of my body. I'm a woman and I'm proud to own that. But I had to reconfigure that in my mind as to what I wanted to say by doing it. 
So I think that that's made a change. I, I, I think that from women in the industry I've spoken to, they're going, I'm doing it for me now, not because of heads, you know what I mean, and, and people are telling me to do it. I'm doing it because I want to because I feel great in that. So, yeah, just from my personal experience, I do feel like there has been a change. I think that's the nicest takeaway I've ever heard from that, and you're totally oh, right. We're, we're yeah. doing it for ourselves, and yeah. the women are... They feel like they're allowed to put their hand up now. That's and, right. Oh, that's such a great analogy. Um, yeah. Seriously, thank you so much. Aww. New single, Bounce, amazing. You've mentioned the new album. We're not yes. going to talk about it. <laughs> but what else is coming up for Samantha Jade? Well, I've just been so focused on music, so that's the main thing. I mean, I, I do love to to do, I, I, for me, fashion and acting and all those things play a huge role in my music so there are some branches out there but I'm not allowed to speak about any of them but the album is the main focus for me and it's going to be out next year and I'm so excited for this one I, I think I'm more excited for this one than I've ever been so it's going to be good oh my god we can't wait <laughs> oh, thank so you. thank you so much for being on the show today Samantha it has honestly been an absolute pleasure Listeners, Bounce is out now across all platforms and it is absolutely glorious and full of joy and love and wake up to it and make smoothies to it and go running or even <laughs> hang, like hangovers with it. It's fine. Absolutely. Any part of the day. <laughs> Any part of the day. Just get out there and stream and download as much as you can. And before we go, don't forget Women in Pop magazine issue six is out now with Lady Gaga on the cover. Inside we have interviews with Grace Carter, Bananarama, Maya, Julia Jacqueline, Olympia and loads more. To get your copy, go to womeninpop.com forward slash subscribe now. Thank you for listening. It has been an absolute joy. Thank you, Samantha. Thank you. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye.